Hello and welcome to our first episode of Catholicism, not just for dummies. I'm Father Andy. And I'm Father Andy. And this is your warning, at least for this episode. Turn back now if you don't like spoilers, because this first episode we're talking about the movie Nefarious and why you should watch it. We dive into several themes, including, but not limited to, the paranormal, the role of suffering, and hope in the face of evil. Thanks for tuning in, and as always, and in everything, Ad Maiorum Dei Gloriam. We are your hosts, Father Andy the Greater and Father Andy the Lesser. Buckle up, we've got a lot to cover. This is Catholicism, not just for dummies. Welcome to the first episode. This is Father Andy. And this is Father Andy. The two Father Andys. One of us is Father Andy the Greater and one of us is Father Andy the Lesser. Okay, yeah, you can decide. We don't know which one is which. Yeah, maybe time will tell. I think it's actually recording this time, so being newbies at this. Uh, we thought for our first episode that we would discuss the movie Nefarious, uh, which we are both seeing now. You Did you see it in the theater? I saw it in the theater and then another time with my sister and then third time with you. Okay. So, Although I fell asleep that time. Well, which is pretty typical <laughs> yeah, for you. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen you not sleep through a movie or part of a movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the premise of the movie, it's like an updated version of screw tape letters is how I heard it was described that it was, it was produced by a couple Catholic guys Okay. and they just wanted to portray the spiritual battle that that's taking place in our world now. Mm. So the, the, the screw tape letters it, it maybe you've read it, it's, um, it's by a it's a by c.s lewis but it's written by screw tape who is a demon and he's speaking to his underlings on how to lead people away from god and and the the devices that they use and so forth so in the movie the premise is there's a psychologist who is hired to go to the prison and visit this uh, inmate or prisoner who is convicted of murder he's on death row and so if he can show that he is in his right mind and not insane, then he will get the death penalty. If he's insane, then he, he won't be. Pass, right? Right. Or whatever. Right. So, yeah. so that's the premise of the movie. Basically, he goes to the uh, the jail and starts talking to the guy. But the the reality is this man is actually possessed. And so he's not speaking to the man itself. He's speaking to a demon named Nefarious. And so in the, in the process, the, the demon reveals his plan in leading people astray and how he possessed this guy and how he caused him to commit murder and all these things. So the, so the movie uh, makes more sense if you realize from the beginning that, that he's speaking and conversing with an actual demon, a fallen yeah. angel. Yeah. Which at first he's not sure that he is, right? Right, yeah. At first he doesn't believe that even in demons or angels. And, and there's one line where he's like, um, uh, you you might be able to scare me, but I'm I'm not really concerned because I don't believe in God, he tells yeah. the the guy. And, and the demon just laughs at him. Yeah. And there's a couple of places where the the person right tries to kind of break through. Right. Yeah. There's there's um, 
he asks uh, if the demon will let the person speak to him. And then he does. And, and so the actor does a great job of portraying these two different characters. One is the human being and the other is the demon that's possessing him. So I think sometimes people have that question of, is this a scary movie and should I watch it? Because it's about evil spirits. And sometimes that can be frightening. But but I don't think it, you know, I don't think it is. You know, I watched it with my sister and she was concerned about getting to sleep that night. But um we just said a prayer afterwards and she was fine. Okay. I think the question that I get a lot is, uh, how does one become possessed? Or how does one become open to possession? Like, I, do I just like, you know, do a bad, you know, a mortal sin and then, you know, I open myself up to possession or does it like require, I don't know, a lot of work or whatever, like. Yeah, I, I think sometimes people are afraid of getting possessed by, yeah. you know, just random occurrences. But um, it's it's really quite difficult, actually, to be possessed. I mean, it's not easy for that to happen. And and in some way, you have to open the door. There's there's all kinds of movies about vampires and demons and things like that. And they, they portray that correctly, that they can't come into the room of the person unless they invite them in like the like the vampire movie twilight or whatever okay. and so i think it's the same Which for, i don't think i've seen but that's okay. yeah you're you're fine <laughs> all right um so would like a ouija board be an opening so yeah so you have to open the door to inviting the spirits in in some way and so the ouija board would be one way. i think that's how it is in the movie the guy who okay that's what my next question was what, what i forget well, yeah what was the i think they said door? when he was when he was young he played with the ouija board and and so they were able to enter in in that way okay so maybe this is a little off topic but what should someone do who has played or whatever the correct term is used in a Ouija board, what would you say? Well, I think even playing the Ouija board doesn't mean that you're going to be possessed. I okay. mean, it's it's dangerous, but um, uh, for the most, for most cases, it's not necessary. I mean, it takes something more than that, which is an opening in your soul to, to, to really intend and with your will to agree to evil spirits entering in. So I think if you know if you have done it by mistake, it would be good just to go to confession and receive forgiveness from that, and um, okay. that should take care of it. Okay. I think. Was there anything more that I forgot the 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 person's name that uh, not the demon obviously, but the person was there anything more that he did that allowed him to become possessed? You said that it, it you have to do more than just play with it you have to yeah. kind of open yourself up to it i think just the fact that he wasn't connected to god early okay. on you know baptism goes a long way in oh, putting us good. in relationship okay. with god okay. and so i think that'll bring a lot of relief to people like if you've been baptized and there's a lot of right releases yeah. and protection we we kind of take it for granted in our culture i think that um the, the graces that come from baptism because almost everyone in the United States anyway has been baptized although we're, we're you know we're kind of entering into that phase where there's more and more people that haven't been baptized and and they're starting to see a lot more problems in their spiritual life because they haven't received that gift and grace yeah. of baptism yeah 
that the protection that comes from uh, the graces that I received. Yeah. Um, in the movie, um, there were lots of, well, maybe not lots, but there were references to maybe some hot button topics in our society, like abortion mm-hmm. and some other things. Um, what did you think your, uh, the portrayal, both, you know, kind of a quote from the enemy side right. um, that, that the demon said, and then, you know, it's kind of some of the context to that. Yeah, I think we should preface by saying you probably should watch this movie first before <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> we're going to give some spoilers. In, yeah, spoiler alert. Yes. We'll have to talk about what actually happened in the movie. And um, so that, so uh, one of the scenes is the, the demon tells this psychologist, before you're done speaking with me, you'll have murdered three people. And, and the psychologist is like, absolutely not. You're the murderer, not me. Yeah. But then, but then, as they go through the show, there, there's the first one is where he he brings to mind that this psychologist and his his mother, who is uh, severely ill and advanced in age, and he consented to uh, assisted suicide for her. Yeah, euthanasia. Yeah, yeah, that that it was legal in whatever state they were in, and um, and so he cooperated in that. Yeah. you know allowing her to receive assisted suicide which is a type of you know it's a it's an, a death that's immoral or yeah you know. uh, what would you say is like the two minute version of why euthanasia is a mortal sin <laughs> all right well <sighs> it's uh, our life is a gift from god and it's not for us to to take our lives and to end it it's uh you know we always pray for protection of human life from conception until natural death uh, you know so but people say oh uh, like it's mercy what is it yeah the mercy killing or whatever right. like, there are lots of pain death with compassion or death with dignity yeah. or whatever yeah but uh yeah i guess that's a that's another difficult topic but um well i would just say like people i i think we're really adverse to any sort of pain and Catholic tradition has had a long history of saying that suffering it can bring about uh, special mm-hmm. graces that right. I mean we shouldn't seek out we shouldn't be what masochists whatever the word is like we shouldn't seek out pain mm-hmm. but often pain life involves pain and so how do we offer our um, our suffering to the sufferings of Christ uh, was at Colossians one twenty four, mm-hmm. right? St. Paul says, you know, I make up for the sufferings of Christ. Well, Christ, no, like Christ suffered once and for all on the cross. It's not like we make up for it, but we can add our suffering to the sufferings of Christ on the cross. And uh, through Christ, uh, our, our suffering, our prayers can be redemptive for other people. Right. Right, yeah, he says, I make up in my own body the suffering lacking to Christ for the sake of his body, the church. Yeah. Which means that Jesus suffered and died for us, and he did it all. Some of it was through his own body on the cross, but others was through the mystical body of Christ, which is all of us throughout yeah. history and time and space. Yeah. So uh, maybe this is too much detail, but when... um. You have a loved one who is suffering, right? There are the church does allow like for them to take painkillers and stuff to a certain extent, right? That mm-hmm. but it shouldn't, um, it shouldn't kill them, right? It shouldn't be the cause of death. It yeah. shouldn't be the cause of death. Yeah. It can allow for 
natural death to occur maybe more readily, but it, it yeah. can't he's it can't be the cause of death. Yeah, it can alleviate pain even if it hastens death, but it can't be the cause of death. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The intention has to be to lessen the pain, not to not to bring about bring death, about you know. death. Right. Yeah, I think in in our culture especially we try to avoid suffering at all cost. But um the the attitude being like suffering is a waste of time or there's no value to it but if we say that then that means jesus was wasting his time on the cross and Ooh, yeah that can be yeah so so he has taken something that is an evil in itself suffering mm -hmm. yeah and made it redemptive by yeah. by the grace of god turning into something that is valuable and so we can unite our suffering to Jesus on the cross, as Pope Benedict said, you know, we should return to that practice of offer it up, you know, like our like our mom used to say when we complained about something, offer it up so that it, it can be have redemptive value for the salvation of souls when we unite our suffering to that of Jesus on the cross. So a simple prayer would be just like what Jesus, I offer up the suffering that I'm experiencing yeah. for the salvation of souls for right. my mother who has cancer right. or yeah. right. And it can be that simple, that quick. Yeah. Right. And yeah. And our mom always told us like when you offer it up, if you complain about it, you've lost the grace. <laughs> so you can't complain. About it. Okay. Uh, so back to the movie, uh, you, there were three, right? So that the first one was his mother. Yeah. And the second, second one is he, he reveals that, uh, right as they're talking, his uh, girlfriend or whatever it has a, a child. She's pregnant, and she's about to have an abortion. And uh, and he says he says to the guy, you know, the right thing to do would be to to marry her and raise this child and and uh, take care of him. But you're not doing that. You're you're allowing her to have this abortion. In fact, approving it. To, to terminate the pregnancy, but it's actually a human being that's being killed. And so he, the, the demon kind of like is aware of at the moment when it happens. And it's like, he takes the joy out of this, uh, which is true. The devil takes joy out of killing human beings and destroying yeah. life. You know, that's one of the titles of the, the devil. He is the, he has come to rob, steal and destroy, especially human life. Yeah, yeah, he ever since Adam and Eve, he's wanted to, uh, yeah, um, not have human beings enjoy the life that Christ, uh, mm -hmm. that God gave us. Yeah, his his sin is envy there. Yeah. He's envious of human beings who, who God has become one of us yeah. and become an angel and and given us a share in the divine life, which lifts us up to a place that's even higher than angels yeah. and demons, therefore. Yeah. So, and then the, the third one uh, is the death of this guy himself, yeah. uh, because the psychologist eventually signs off and says he is in his right mind yeah. uh, because the, the guy gets him in a headlock and like is threatening to kill him. And so he, he kind of retaliates yeah. by saying, I'm going to sign off and put him to death. Because he's still, I don't know if he still quite believes that he's speaking to a demon. Okay. But it's but he thinks he's just talking to this guy who yeah. is a very smart criminal, you know, and that's what the okay. warden tells him, you know, he's going to. Yeah, the warden 
like warns him not to listen to what he's saying. Right. He's going to he's going to twist your head around where he's going to get you believing that you're the murderer rather than him. And yeah. and that's exactly what he does. Yeah. Was it uh, the the person or was it the demon that had him in the headlock? The demon. OK. Yeah. OK. Yeah, because he had to uh, he had to break his hand in the oh. in the bones in his hand so we could get them out of the handcuffs that's that right were keeping that's right. him yeah and so and then get his arm around the guy okay so the so the demon was like punishing the person that mm -hmm. he was possessing as well because there was that one scene where he uh the one of the other jailers comes in and asks if he wants a meal and so he's like, yeah, I want a hamburger and uh, was it like chocolate ice cream? And yeah, I forget. It's like, yeah. this is really important to me. Make sure that it, that I get this. And then all of a sudden the demon takes over and says, no, I changed uh, my mind. I don't, I don't want any yeah. anything. Yeah. So he doesn't get a meal even before he's oh. put to death. Oh. I think uh, th one important scene from the movie is the spiritual battle that uh, that the demon talks about and lays out. And uh, th this whole process is he wants the psychologist to write a book about his plan, and it's called I Nefarious. And um, and he says, you have uh, there's a spiritual battle going on between demons and god and angels on the yeah. other side for the salvation of souls and and the psychologist kind of just scoffs at that yeah like he doesn't believe in he god. says like you know you know we're we're winning in the world you know we've we've become the most enlightened and progressive you know we basically overcome evil in the world and and the demon laughs at him and says you've already lost the battle because you don't even realize that you're in, you're one. in battle yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. That we have, you know, eradicated so many diseases. We've, you know, um, yeah. That that science, uh, humanism, can overcome any right. problem. That right. that I mean, at the at the extreme, we can create our own paradise. Right. Yeah. But then the but then the demon starts telling him how. They're, they're the unprecedented level of sin that is going on in the world today and uh, and human trafficking, you know, the, the millions of people that are uh, abused and then thrown aside, yeah. uh, you know, that in, in some ways it seems like the evil one is winning this spiritual battle that's going on. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of the deception, though, of of the enemy is to make it look like he's winning in the world. We already know from scriptures and from what Jesus taught that the devil loses in the end, yeah. that Jesus is victorious and triumphant. The battle has been fought and it's already been won by Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's the source of hope for us, even as we look at things in the world and start to think, you know, we can we can fall into despair almost like it seems like the devil is winning out in the world yeah. with so many people falling away from the faith and all that but it's an illusion he's already lost yeah yeah i um when i was in college i was saying i was surprised and some people listen to my homies may remember this but um the the analogy was like um 
like I don't know, the end of World War Two, like where they like they announced that, like a ceasefire is gonna happen tomorrow, like mm-hmm. at nine a.m. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like you know, just because a ceasefire and the that you know that the end of the war has been declared doesn't mean that you can just like jump around in your foxhole and like do whatever. Like you know, even from now until nine a.m. tomorrow morning, like you still have to like keep your head down, fight the battle, mm-hmm. like you know, pay attention to what's going on. And it's just like. Yeah, like we know that Jesus wins, but like there's still, you know, bullets flying through the air. And so like you still need to like keep your head down and stay in the battle. Yeah, we're in the midst of the battle still. The, yeah. The the end we know is is uh, in the future, Yeah, you know, as far as our history is concerned. But God knows it because he's outside of time. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, there is a real battle for souls going on. Right, right. Yeah, and and that's the plan of the enemy too is to get as many souls as he can to fall away from God and join him in hell, which is the misery of being separated from God. Yeah, so I may there's probably more, but like in some ways, like in my mind, that, that there's two ways. You know, the the more obvious is like you know Satanism or whatever people who you know worship Satan in and of himself. Right. But two, like you said, like uh, to get people to think that there's uh, not Satan at all, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, in the screw tape letters, that's very obvious. Like you know, the less people realize that Satan and his the demons exist, like the better off better off the Satan and the demons are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think th- there's that interesting scene where the, you know, the, the psychologist doesn't believe that Satan is real. And so he's like, okay, if you are real, why don't you possess me? And he actually invites him to, to take over. And at that moment when he does that, nothing happens, but the demon says, well, uh, there is, great patience with these things. I forget what the line was. Yeah, but in other yeah. words, he's not going to do it at that moment, but he does later in the film. Yeah. And that's that's uh, right when the guy who, who is possessed is killed in the electric chair. He enters into the soul of the psychologist okay. and gets him to pick up a gun and tr- and try to kill himself. And so he actually pulls the trigger, but the gun doesn't fire. And he does it three times. And so that that's kind of the conclusion of the movie is as as powerful as Satan is, you know, he's more powerful than we are as human beings. Yeah. He still is limited by what God permits him to do. And so he can't do anything that is not permitted by God. And so that it was not God's plan for this guy to yeah. end up killing himself. And so he he made it so the gun didn't fire properly. Okay. Does that mean that we should attack the obvious question? Why is there evil in the world? (laughs) Why is there evil in the world? If God is good, why is there evil in the world? Great question. But yeah, it's related to what does God permit? You know, so everything that happens in some ways is either uh, caused by God or permitted by God. God's not the cause of evil. So what is it like? uh, I forget the terms. God's active will and God's permissive will. Right, yeah. So so God does permit evil to happen. This is the great insight of St. Augustine, whose feast day we're celebrating today is God permits evil to happen only if he can draw a greater good out of it. Okay. Otherwise, he won't permit it to happen. And so, you know, we think, well, what are those evils that God didn't permit to happen? Well, we don't know what they are because he didn't let it happen. <laughs> yeah. 
So, you know, uh, the catechism talks about this in the question of evil. It's in the creed, I think, in the, um, you know, it gives a couple examples like the, the selling of Joseph into slavery by his brothers. You know, it's, a, it's an evil act they did to him, but it led to him becoming second in command in Egypt to distribute the grain in time of famine. And Which it, ends and, up saving tons of lives. Yeah, so... Like, not just the Jewish people, but... And, and he says that to them when they come and come down to receive grain. He says, you know, you it was you who sold me into slavery, but it was actually God who sent me here ahead of you yeah. so, that, so that I could bring salvation to the people. Yeah. And then the other one, of course, is the death of Jesus on the cross. You know, that's like the greatest evil that we could think of. God became man. And what did we do? We killed him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, our salvation comes out of that. Yeah. The greatest led, good ever. It led to the salvation of all the world. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I've used that example many times, you know, the cross that know yeah god allowed the cross out of thy great evil came the greatest gift yeah. humanity has ever received yeah so yeah overall in the movie like um you know i think it was pretty accurate there was a, i was at the theater in fairmont watching it and there was just a few people in there and there was an, an older guy in a wheelchair up in front and he turned to me and saw me in clerics and he's like what did you think of that movie and i said it's all true <laughs> so he just kind of paused but um but i think you know that it seems like it's uh it's pretty accurate in laying forth the plan of satan the only thing that would not be accurate is when people are possessed or when satan is speaking he's a liar and so he's not gonna reveal his plan very easily he's he speaks lies most of the time so that part was probably not accurate but they they had to portray it in order to get their point across about the whole movie yeah they um yeah they wanted to yeah i don't know speak on you know uh current themes and stuff right yeah i'm not sure what your reaction was but um there was someone told me that uh there was a person who went and saw this movie and they were not really going to church very actively but after seeing this movie he's he's been coming to church and, really? and there every week so you know there is a there is that grace that comes from this movie of recognizing there is the spiritual battle that's going on and uh god is calling us to armor up and be prepared yeah there is there is a real spiritual battle and the more we recognize that the yeah the better off we will be the more prepared we will be for what is actually going on mm -hmm. uh, there is way more that going on than uh that we can see with our own eyes mm -hmm. yeah so what should people uh do to to do just that to be more aware of the spiritual battle well i think uh you know that would be a good start is is uh, watching the movie it might be a good idea to pray before watching it just so you can take from it what god wants you to receive and not to be misled because the the enemy can be very convincing in his arguments and uh -oh. there's a there's one that's seen like they're complaining against god and they they call god the enemy in the movie and um like they were treated unfairly and things like that so uh that we can see that in our own life how we can be 
led astray and think that God or religion is somehow going to be bad for us. And so we, we stay away. You know, there's people that fall into that idea. But it's failing to see the truth of it is that is God is a loving father and all his power is directed towards wanting what is good for us and for our salvation. That's the truth. We are yeah. beloved sons and daughters God. of God the oh. Father. Yeah, and he wants us to be with him. So, yeah, just to, to pray and ask for the grace to, uh, to recognize that and to live that out. Right, right. So, um, I was kind of surprised, at least in my phone app, um, it got 4.0 stars out of five. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, which is pretty good. I mean, I, as a movie, um, I thought, yeah, at least the one, the person who played the the possessed person, you know, I thought they, the acting was pretty good. Right. You know, maybe not A+, plus, but... Yeah, I saw an article about the movie, which was kind of interesting, and that is um, they got the sense that the, that the devil did not want this movie to be produced really? and made and put out. And that is every time they started filming this huge storm would come up outside and there'd be like lightning and this strong driving wind. And so they, it was like hard for them to hear the person doing their lines. And then as soon as they would shut off the camera, the wind would die down. And then I think there were a lot of people that had car accidents that were involved in the movie. No, no one was ever hurt, but they like numerous people involved in making the movie had car accidents and things like yeah. that. So, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, I know like a couple of, uh, what do you call it, Catholic national speakers, they say like, you know, whenever they're going to give a talk, like the plane will be delayed or like, you know, the the AV equipment won't work, or, right, you know. Right. Um, yeah, so hopefully that. our recording equipment uh, has worked for this <laughs> discussion. I don't know if I know this, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see, yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, any, uh, we've talked about a lot of different things, but any last words about, yeah, uh, possession or what people should do um, to, uh, yeah, maybe not so much to possession, but how to fight the, the spiritual battle. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot, sometimes people can become frightened when they think that the, the, the devil is involved in my life or he's trying to do something. But, but if we realize, you know, everyone is subject to temptation and, yeah. and uh, being tempted to sin. And even is, Jesus was tempted. Yeah, that's the, that's the ordinary work of the devil in all of our lives is yeah. temptation. Uh, and so, the, you know, that's the, that's the spiritual battle that we're all engaged in in some way. So it, it talks about the importance of prayer yeah. and, uh, and discernment, you know, which uh, St. Ignatius talked a lot about how do we recognize the thoughts that we're having that are coming from God and which ones are coming from the enemy so that we can enter into that battle uh, a little more clearly, I think. Yeah, I would say, you know, especially in our noisy world, like um, even if you're married, maybe, you know, take turns like one um, parent can take care of the kids for, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes 
a uh, half hour in the you know while the other parent prays mm-hmm. um and just i think in such a, a fast-paced noisy world it's so important that we spend that time in silent prayer mm-hmm. every day if at all possible yeah yeah that god speaks to us mostly in silence like that reading with elijah where yeah the quiet the, whisper it, yeah, yeah it wasn't the earthquake or the fire or the strong wind it was a tiny whisper and yeah and so yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will have more topics uh, coming in the future. Uh, so thank you and take care and God bless. Uh, this is Father Andy signing off. And it's Father Andy. Thank you. And this is your warning. Turn back now, at least for this episode. If you don't like episode or like spoilers. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> What is that stop button?